0: Hey, it's Paul here again. Just a quick reminder that today's episode is one of our very first episodes that we recorded and released. And it's before we started using immersive storytelling techniques like sound design and music and narration. Now, of course, the story itself is very powerful and very relevant to today. But if you enjoy those types of elements like sound design and narration and music, then make sure to listen to some of our newer content that we've
1: released as well. And now onto the show. 40,000 acres were burned at that time, and 1,600 uh, people were displaced, including Wilderness Ridge. The house that we lived in was destroyed, total devastation in, uh, of not only property, but you know, our lives. I'm Paul Hastings,
0: and you're listening to Compelled, real people telling true stories of God's compelling love working in their lives. I'll tell you more about Compelled and share a sneak preview of our next episode right after our story. Today you'll hear from Ron Hunt, the former director of Camp Wilderness Ridge, and a man whose life has been marked by relentless service to the Lord. Ron has faced a multitude of trials throughout his life, yet as you'll hear, he's remained steadfast in his faith, and God continues to work through him. We hope you'll be blessed by his story. All right. Well, today I'm here with Ron Hunt from Camp Wilderness Ridge. And Ron, I have known you for many years, actually. Uh, I was thinking about this earlier today, and I think I've known you for close to either 15 or 16 years. And it's just a real pleasure to be sitting here and uh, asking you questions. For those that are listening, can you just tell uh, a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself?
1: Uh, My testimony is uh, I didn't. Uh, really come to Christ till I was thirty-five. However, I'd been—I went to church every Sunday and was involved in lots of different uh, activities in the church and leadership roles uh, with adults. Uh, of course, we were—I was a young adult at that point—and uh, with uh, young couples, with my wife Sandy, and uh, and all those things. But I didn't. Uh, it was only 35 when I really came to understand that I never had a relationship with Jesus Christ.
0: Can you tell us more about that?
1: The, um, well, I started, yeah, I, was, uh, I had my own business at that time. My business was going very well, and my family was going very well, and my life is going very well. And so unlike a lot of people that come to Christ because they're in the depths, I was like, is this all there is? Because wow. I was really looking around and saying I've kind of arrived at where I wanted to go, and it didn't have any real satisfaction. So I started uh, trying to understand what do I believe as a Christian. I connected with two friends I had, one who I'd gone to school with, and he got invited me to go be a part of uh, Bible study fellowship, yeah. and. uh the other one, the gentleman was Joe, uh, and he uh, was doing Bible studies in his home. So I started getting, I got involved in both of those. And then one Saturday morning, Joe came over and uh, asked me to if I wanted to go take a ride. And so he did, and he presented the four uh, spiritual laws uh, handout to me. And I realized at that moment, God opened my eyes that I didn't. Didn't know him. Wow! And uh, so uh, it, that's when my life completely changed. Interesting. Interesting. Tell tell me about your family, your 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 children. Well, I have uh, uh, we have, we're blessed with four children. The first part of our children's lives were uh, blessings. You know that Sandy and I would talk from time to time. And, you know we've been really blessed. No real illnesses or injuries, and then we started to experience some challenges. My son, uh, Brian, who was our oldest son, we caught him on his birthday sneaking out of the house and realizing that he had been doing that for a while, and uh, uh, then started to recognize there was um, some drug use going on there, and uh, it's uh, and it just uh, was... a. Uh, a huge impact on all our family hmm. he would uh, he ran away on several occasions he had gotten involved in heroin which is you know very difficult to get off and uh he um um died of a drug overdose uh at, on his birthday uh on his 26th birthday oh wow you know hero, heroin's a terrible terrible death it's uh, because you just your body shuts down, and if somebody's not around you at that time to wake you up it you just stop breathing and that was in two thousand the year two thousand and then in two thousand one um, our son Jeff had just finished doing um summer internship at our church. And uh, he started feeling uh, sick, so they took him, uh, had him go down to the hospital and um, run some tests, and um, the test um, showed up some things that uh, they weren't sure about, so they went ahead and admitted him to the hospital. But uh, basically, by that evening, they started talking about leukemia, and uh, we... Uh, had had at our church uh, uh, one family that were very close to us that the the mother had uh, been diagnosed with leukemia and about three years later passed away. Um, and how old was Jeff at this time? He was 19. 19 and diagnosed with leukemia. As it progressed, they gave him some chemo and um what was collecting on the outside of his lungs was light blood cells. And so he was starting to suffocate. As they gave him this medication, then it started killing those uh, cells. And it was collecting fluid in there. So they cut him open on his side. And this was just in his regular hospital room and started to drain that out. Well, the doctor, I was standing in the room and the doctor was collecting this in this container. And the next thing I know, he's yelling at the nurse to get another one. He was losing blood faster than they could put in in, and they put had put him into ICU. And so, um, I had a really close friend that was an elder, and um, let them know that I'd like for them to come pray for him. And uh, we saw the first miracle. The uh, the elders came and. Uh, anointed him with oil and prayed for him, and that became under control. So he was very, you know, obviously losing blood. Festering, put it in is not, not some way you're going to live very long. Wow. You saw God, God moving in that, and I think part of it is the devastation that was losing our other son, and so God wanted to assure us that He was. In control of this situation yeah he was diagnosed um, the f- first of august went home on the 11th of september as i mentioned and uh, they had a donor within a couple of months which they prepared us that that could take a year this was on 9 11 2001 oh wow we find out that the man that was that met all the criteria for being the donor was in the Army Reserve, and he had been called up. And he was identified, and they were able to contact him within a couple of days of him having the required in- injections to go overseas like that. Well, the moment he would have had that, he would have been disqualified. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So they were able to get the the permission for him to be delayed on having that happen so that he could give the bone marrow to us. So he had his bone marrow transplant on December 7th, of 2001. So it's been 17 years. The clinic in San Antonio where this took place is uh, gonna be celebrating their 25th anniversary in August. And uh, they've contacted him about uh, being one of the featured kind of poster boys. Wow. (laughs) And uh, uh, for that event, and the doctor that, uh, Dr. is was his doctor, Uh, Jeff is the longest living patient he has.
0: What did this do for for you and your wife, Sandy, uh, and especially to your faith, watching one son tragically die, and then a, a year later having another son diagnosed with a very deadly condition?
1: we didn't dwell on some of it because there was just things were happening so fast. Yeah. We, uh, praise God for the fact that he had brought us to Hill Country Bible Church. And we, uh, were truly a part of the Hill Country Bible Church family. You know, people were coming and mowing our lawn. People were coming and picking up our laundry every two or three days. Every. So we had all those logistics and people were taking care of us. And, um, uh, and just being, you know, loving on us and, and, and caring for us.
0: It's amazing to see how God's body comes together in such a special way uh, at moments like that. And thanks for sharing that. Let's transition over to Camp Wilderness Ridge. We had mentioned earlier at the beginning of this interview that you were the former camp director, uh, at Camp Wilderness Ridge. Can you tell us how you first got connected with the camp?
1: Well, I, uh, Became aware of Wilderness Ridge. I had a good friend. Uh, his name was Neil Kanegi. Neil had told me about the camp, uh, and then one day he started talking to me about that there was a camp director position open and uh, invited me to consider it. Uh, so we went out there and um, and toured the, the facilities and saw the camp director's home that they had, had uh, built and started praying about it. We had always talked about doing, you know, something like hospitality, uh, in our old, our latter years, Sandy and I had, we had the experience of, uh, working with, with kids because we'd had four children and we'd homeschooled, uh, a couple of them. And, uh, so we, we had a kind of a revolving door at our house. So, uh, uh, definitely felt God was calling us.
0: Tell us about the mission and purpose of Camp Wilderness Ridge. What makes it
1: unique from other Christian camps? I asked a similar question when I first came. I said, you know, what is the real, how would you state what the purpose is? And um, a lady named Betty Klecki, her, her her husband was uh, very instrumental in uh, starting the camp, he was deceased, so I didn't get a chance to meet him. But she said he he would say uh, to lead boys to Christ, and so that really stuck with me because it it struck me it wasn't just presenting the gospel to somebody and them and them coming to faith, but you're always leading them to Christ. You know, in Matthew twenty eight eighteen through twenty, it's very specific about and make disciples that uh that learn how to follow what i've commanded you yeah and so it's an ongoing thing let me ask you
0: this so wilderness ridge has been around for 30 years i know that in the last uh i guess 13 years you've been involved at the camp but in just the last handful of years some some really tough times have happened to the camp could you kind of share about
1: those experiences uh, yes, I'd be glad to. Uh, God has put some challenges in front of us. Uh, it started in 2011 uh, on Labor Day weekend. Uh, on a Sunday, the uh, a fire started. I think it was maybe five miles away from Wilderness Ridge. I got the phone call, and we were in Arlington, and it, I mean in, in Austin, and uh, the. It's, it was an hour drive from where we were back to the camp. And uh, by the time we got to back to the camp, we couldn't get to the camp itself uh, because the fire had already jumped over the highway. And that was, you know, in less than an hour, they'd probably gone two miles. So it was moving very, very rapidly. By the next morning, it, it, the Wilderness Ridge was completely destroyed. Well, wow, And that's 100 a, a acres of prime timber incredibly beautiful and uh this christine in in every aspect and it was a perfect camping site because it had these ravines that guys could play and uh make up all kinds of uh exciting adventures through and it was just an incredibly beautiful place and uh so the loss is not only Wilders ridge but all of us that uh, ever have been through that forest and uh, had seen how beautiful it was and how devastated it's been. And so, um, you know, almost uh, 40,000 acres were burned at that time, and 1,600 uh, people were displaced, and uh, including Wilderness Ridge. The house that we lived in was destroyed. Total devastation in, uh, of not only property, but, you know, our lives. So how did the camp begin to recover at that point? We were able to find property just two miles away and uh, that had been a camp, uh, not a summer camp, but a a rustic camping environment that we were able to make arrangements to to start to utilize and be able to build out the structures we needed. It already had a commercial kitchen, so uh, by the next summer we were able to be Established so that we could uh, do summer camp uh, once again, and being just two miles away from our other property, which had a you know a lake on it, uh, we were able to uh, transport the guys back and forth to be able to take advantage and doing the canoeing and fishing and and uh, activities like that. We had volunteers that were coming and coming and coming, and you know some would come and say we're going to build this cabin and. We're going to build this cabin, and uh, it gets done. And uh, I could go back and recall many stories where you can certainly see God's provision. And this is what year at this point? This is 2015, and uh, another fire has started in the area. Now the it was it was east of us. It was kind of northeast of us where it started, and it was going south, and it had stayed on a pretty much just direct south. So it was parallel to the camp, and so we had no reason at that point to be concerned at all about that fire. But the winds changed and brought it right back up and right across our new property and destroyed everything. And, of course, at that point, we had three families living on that property and uh, staff people, and uh, so their homes were destroyed. One of them had only been married uh, about six, uh, 60 days. Wow. So they lost everything. But to make matters worse, it also went down and went through our old property again and destroyed all the the trees, which were up about 12, 10 to 12 feet by the, at that point. All so the that trees was that had been replanted. Replanted. We would worked with the Texas forestry, and we planted <clears throat> over 30,000 trees. And so um, that property was gone, too. I mean, because it really charred the soil a lot more than it did the first time. So we, we didn't have any place at that point, so we started looking for land in the area. As a teenager, I had so many friends whose
0: lives were transformed by attending a Worldview Academy leadership camp. For many of them, it was the highlight of their summer because it was such a spiritually engaging experience. And today, Worldview Academy's mission continues. If you have a student between 13 to 18 and you care about equipping them with biblical truth so that they're prepared to stand firm and engage with the culture, then Worldview Academy is what you're looking for. Worldview Academy's week-long summer intensives cover topics in apologetics, servant leadership, and evangelism, all while building deep friendships with like-minded students. Your student will engage with 25 hours of interactive teaching, addressing questions like how do I know that the Bible is true, does God really exist, who defines what is right or wrong, and what difference does that make in my life? Since 1996, over 42,000 students have called this one of the best weeks of their life. And with 18 summer intensives all across the country, there's certain to be one near you. Learn more and get 10% off your student's camp registration as a Compelled listener by using the promo code COMPELLED at worldview.org. Register for camp today at worldview.org while spots are still available. And remember to get 10% off using the promo code COMPELLED. Summer is here, and so is the chance to take a breather from school, and there's a decent chance that the subject your student is most excited to take a break from is math. But it doesn't have to be that way, especially if you're using CTC Math. Their focus is helping your student learn at the pace that's best for them. Every lesson is fully online with interactive questions and clear explanations, and their video tutorials take difficult concepts and break them down into digestible ideas. But here's the crazy part. They have a 12 month money back guarantee. That's right, you can use CTC Math for an entire year. And if you don't like it, or it didn't work out for you, or if you're just unethical, which as a compelled listener, I hope you're not, then you just shoot them an email and tell them that you like your money back and they'll gladly refund your entire purchase, no questions asked. There is literally no risk for an entire year. You can't beat that. Because their heart is to serve your family. That's why they sponsor Compel, so that we can continue creating stories that will bless and encourage your family. And they want to do the same for your students' math needs. So whether summer is a time for your student to catch up, keep up, or move ahead, CTC Math is there. Learn more at ctcmath.com. Again, that's ctcmath.com. What was it like being the camp director at Wilderness Ridge, where so many boys for so many years had had come and made lifelong memories there and many had found Christ there. But then watching the camp just completely be burned down to the ground, not once, but twice
1: over the course of just four years. What was that like for you? Well, it was hard all of the times. So as I said, the, the fact was that there was a, a natural beauty there. That we couldn't replace god created it and uh, god would have to create it again and uh, it really set me back how do you, you know where where are we going with this what's God really uh teaching us and how do we go forward and as the 2015 fire was happening I, i'd already stepped down as the executive director i was still involved with, i was going to stay involved with the camp but i wasn't doing didn't have that full responsibility. Uh, and and you had also had um, open heart surgery recently as well. Is that correct? Right, right, right. Then I'd been diagnosed with uh, bladder cancer, uh, which is gone and uh, today. And my heart's doing fine. Praise God. So God's, uh, God's in all of it. And uh, so it, it, it just it's it's big disruption and and the continuity of the camp. Obviously, it's just the biggest challenge we have with all of that. It's it, keeping in mind that we were trying we're striving to be low cost. and uh, so we hit, you know that just put another huge pressure on us as we might try to find another place. and uh, recognizing the places we're looking were just raw land. I mean, literally no electricity even to them or water or things. So there was all of those lead times after we found a place that would have to be uh, taken care of before we could ever start start to have the camp. Having all those lead times uh, to, to overcome, we started looking at alternatives. And one of the alternatives was to work with the uh, Uh, to turn all our assets over to a a camp that was established. And so we uh, chose to go with the Forest Glen Camps, uh, who's headquartered in Huntsville, uh, Texas. They uh, have two camps there. And then they also have a camp in Rosebud, Texas. And Rosebud, Texas camp is the one that we're uh, occupying now. Uh, But we've uh, built that out. And we have a wilderness ridge section to that, so that when we're in session, we're completely isolated from any other group that might be there uh, doing their camp activities. We have a beautiful 13-acre spring-fed lake. Wow! And uh, so it's uh, it's a wonderful environment, and God's given us a great opportunity. And so that's where we are today, and moving forward. And we had summer camp last year, and we start in about three weeks uh, with our second year of operation
0: you and i were talking on the phone just a few weeks ago and you were mentioning how you know all these things have happened uh and i believe you mentioned that how old are you now ron i'm 71 you're 71 but uh, on the phone you mentioned that you know god still hasn't finished with you yet and that you believe that you know however god is calling you to still work within his kingdom that you're still ready and willing to go wherever he sends. Can you tell us a little bit about the mission trip that you just came back from back in November?
1: Yes, I was privileged enough to uh, go uh, to India. We were up in the mountains, we uh, would go out each day, Uh, we being a group of eight of us, uh, we would uh, have a translator and we would also have a representative of the local church. So we went into a village, uh, and we would go from house to house. We would talk with them. Uh, th- most of them were Hindu, uh, so that meant they met. They uh, had lots of gods. So as you started presenting Jesus Christ, they would. Uh, you could see that they could recognize and understand that, but you could also recognize they were just going to. They were kind of going in the direction of, well, we can just put that on the shelf with all the other gods.
0: Add them to the pantheon.
1: Yeah, and so uh, just uh, so we would uh, go into more detail about, you know, there, Jesus is the only way to God. And we had 85 uh, accept Christ during the, about eight days that we were there. Ron, I'm a younger
0: guy, as you know. And when I think of someone that's lived out their life in service to God's kingdom, I think of you. What kind of advice would you give to Christians about living faithfully for Jesus?
1: When you look at Scripture, especially Paul is always talking about going forward. Keep your eyes on the prize. Yeah. So the first thing you need to do is not be looking back and evaluating what you didn't do. Yeah. Is where am I going from? What am I going to do? right now going forward and the next critical part is uh that my job is to share the faith you know there again i go back to matthew 20 28 18 through 20 because it just sums it all up jesus says you know first of all he tells you he has all the authority and he ends that by saying and i'll always be with you and we need to remember God is always with us. And he's with you right now. And so you've got the encouragement that you've got the all powerful, because you got all authority, and that he's with you all the time. And what does he want you to do? He wants you to go tell other people about who God is and to disciple them. I encourage uh, people that... Um, As they get into the retirement years, and I read a statistic yesterday, there's 35 million people in the United States that are 65 years of age or older. The interesting part is that uh, that group we want to call teenagers, uh, there's only 23 million. So we outnumber them.
0: (laughs) The seniors outnumber the young adults is what you're saying. Right,
1: right, right, right. I mean, we always talk about how the this generation is our future, but we need to understand we're the ones that are safe in that future. The seniors. Yeah. Seniors are. Because and if we go sit on the bench, all we're doing is what? Demonstrating sitting on the bench. Mm. If we're still actively pursuing life with gusto, then they're gonna pursue life with gusto they're going to have a life that's worthwhile when it's all encased with a faith in Jesus Christ.
0: That's great. For those that are listening and that might live in the Texas area or Texas vicinity, and they want to learn more about Camp Wilderness Ridge, either how to volunteer or send their sons there, uh, where where can they go for um, more information?
1: They can go to forestglenn.org forward slash Wilderness Ridge forestglenorg forward slash wilderness ridge right
0: great all right well ron thank you so much for sharing i really appreciate you taking time out of your day this morning to just share and uh, hopefully uh, invest in the lives of young people that are listening but also older folks that are listening as well
1: oh i hope so i hope so uh for all and to god's glory all right thanks for being on the show my pleasure
0: It's encouraging to hear how God has preserved Ron and kept his faith intact even through many difficult circumstances. And God continues to use Ron through the ministry of Camp Wilderness Ridge and his testimony. You can learn more about Wilderness Ridge at their website. And just so you know, Ron emailed me last week to clarify that they have a new web address. It's forestglenwildernessridge.com. Again, that's forestglenwildernessridge.com. We launched our podcast last week and the response was overwhelming. So thank you everyone who listened to our episodes and shared them. We appreciate you guys. You can find all of our episodes and more at our website, compelledpodcast.com. You can also hear our episodes by subscribing to Compelled on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, or Pocket Cast. If you enjoyed our show, then we'd super appreciate it if you'd leave us a review and a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, consider sharing this episode with others that would be blessed by Ron's story. Our show was edited by Zach Fowler, who is a gifted film editor, visual effects artist, and storyteller. You can find Zach and his work at ZachFowlerImagery.com. Our logo was designed by Josiah Jost, an incredibly talented logo designer. You can reach Josiah and view his work at SciDesign.com. Our website was created by Ben Billups, a digital developer extraordinaire. You can follow Ben on Instagram at ben.billips. Special thanks to my wife, Sarah Hastings, for helping make this project a reality. Without her, this podcast wouldn't exist. And that's it for this episode. Stick around after the music for a sneak peek at our next episode. I'm your host, Paul Hastings, and you've been listening to Compelled. We'll see you next Tuesday.
1: Turn to the Lord and said, God, I am scared. I'm not going to live through this night. I'm terrified. I don't want to go to hell. My life is a wreck. I feel like there's no hope for me. And at that point, uh, a light didn't shine out of heaven. I did not hear an audible voice, but I really do believe I sensed the presence of God and his, His Spirit speaking to me and essentially telling me something I'd heard preached growing up many times. It just didn't sink in.
0: One last thing before I go, if you'd like to meet up this year in 2024, I will actually be on the road for a few events, either speaking or exhibiting at some conferences. I am still nailing down all the details, but already I know that I'll be at the Texas Homeschool Convention in Fort Worth from April 18th through 20th, the other Texas Homeschool Convention in Houston from May 30th through June 1st the Home Educators Association of Virginia Convention in Richmond from June 6th through 8th. And there's also the chance that I might be at some other events in Louisville, Kentucky and Nashville, Tennessee later in the year. But we haven't finalized those details yet. If you live near any of those locations, then I'd love to meet you. You can also see our latest up-to-date calendar of events at our website, compelledpodcast.com events. And I hope to see you there.